0: This is the pro America report on the answer, San Diego.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the pro America report. Great to be together as always. Hope you had a, had, excuse me. Hope you had a great weekend. It is, uh, It was a great weekend for me and my family, uh, a ton happening as the, uh, summer turns into the fall and schools kick in, sports are kicking in. Football is on. I, I really only care about, uh, college football and even that, not so much, but, um, and uh I don't know, just uh good times, good times. And uh in a few moments we have some uh, really uh, wonderful guests. Our friend Dr. Duke Apesta is back. Uh he is a great educator. Uh actually he's a great educator. I was gonna say he's um writes and speaks on education and theory and all, but he's a great teacher. Uh, he himself is a professor, but also he helps uh many people at different levels, um, homeschoolers and others. He's a very, very cool guy, very uh impressive in many ways. And Tom McCluskey, we'll get an update from Tom McCluskey in particular on um pro-life voters, pro-life issues, and uh in an issue that's uh close to home to many of our listeners, how um Catholic vote fits together. Tom McCluskey is a well-known uh pro-life uh leader who also now uh helps head up Catholic vote, uh very good guy. Tom McCluskey. And at the end of the program, in the last segment, we will talk about coach Tommy Tuberville, coach Tommy Tuberville, the former coach of Auburn, very successful football coach. It's football season and he is uh, showing us the fighting spirit. Uh, it's very cool. He's now a senator from Alabama and we'll talk with him. Hey, first do me a favor. Go to proamericareport.com, proamericareport.com. Sign up for the daily email there, the daily wink. What you need to know, it'll come in your inbox at 8 a.m. East Coast, 5 a.m. Pacific. I don't sell your email address. I don't give it away. I don't send you anything you don't want except you want this. Every day, Monday through Friday, The Wink, what you need to know so that you get a couple of key links, a couple of key stories and understand first thing in the morning what you need to know for the day. Hey, right now we're going to cover The Wink and I want to cover for you, um, you know there are the famous line there are statistics uh there are the the uh, is, is it i never get it right is it um uh is it mark twain that has the quote or is it uh am i always cu- quoting mark twain with this uh famous line about uh statistics but it's um it is twain it is twain facts are stubborn but statistics are more pliable facts are stubborn but statistics are more pliable that's um the uh, one of his famous uh lines the other one that people mostly know is lies damned lies and statistics both of those mark twain really a uh, funny guy but but the one i wanted to say is facts are stubborn but statistics are more pliable and what i mean by that is watch the manipulation of the numbers that are coming out in things like on the border They changed the way they count, so it looks like the number coming across the border is less. It's only because they're only showing you one part of a count, not what used to be the whole count. More importantly, there are numbers that come out, keep coming out, that seem to say that uh, things aren't so bad on the economy. We added some jobs last uh, month. Uh, Unemployment only went up a little bit. Inflation has slowed. That's one of the things they say. Inflation has slowed. Well, that just means it was runaway. And now it's come down to sprinting. Instead of running away, it's sprinting. It's still going up. Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee had a pretty great uh, a post on X, formerly called Twitter. And she, t- she posted this. Hot dogs are up 3.3%. Rolls, rolls to put your hot dog in, are up 5.8%. Pie is up 8%. How much are Biden's disastrous economic policies costing you this Labor Day weekend? That's what I'm saying. I got to tell you, the price of everything is up. Everything from the fresh tomatoes to, uh, you know, at the farmer's market, they were up. Uh, I have always tell you, bacon is way up. Milk is way up. Eggs are up. Gas is up. Everything is up. And when someone says, well, it's not going up as fast as it was before, that, that's small consolation. That is small consolation. Here's another thing that's up. The cost of borrowing money. So that if you want to get a home, the cost of borrowing money, it's gone about double. You're not going to get into a, a mortgage for probably less than seven point five eight percent where a, a year or two ago, you would have got in for half that. And so people aren't going to do it. And if they are, they're going to be stretched thinner. Cost of cars are up. Cost of used cars are up. There's not so, There's not anything that's not gone up in cost. And that's... This economy. And you say to yourself, why? I'm not sure I even know all the reasons why. But I do know one thing. I do know that the federal government has spent and is spending more on stupid stuff than they ever have before. They're taking our tax dollars to subsidize all this climate hoax The climate models, the economic models of the climate are hoax. Forget about whether you think the climate is getting uh, warmer or colder. I don't even care to know. I don't know if I trust science, but I do know the economic models that they've told us to rely on. Those are a hoax. And so the Inflation Reduction Act, which Joe Biden says was so important, was trillions of dollars transferred from we, the people, to special interests and to giveaways and a lot of the giveaways, the so-called green energy are at the cost of what is our best energy, meaning right now it's fossil fuel right now. Hopefully pretty soon it'll be nuclear and other stuff. But I have to tell you, if, if the, the, if the public, um, if the political class thinks the public are fooled by what's going on, by the statistics, that pliable statistics that they're throwing out at us, that, hey, oh, yeah, I know we're doing better, we're doing better, that facts are stubborn and the American people are stubborn and we feel it. And here's the biggest worry I have. The biggest worry I have about this is not that our economy is actually fundamentally off. I think it is fundamentally off uh, because of the policies that we have going now. But I do think that it's not forever. It's not stuck that way. It can be brought back. It can be brought back with aggressive sort of pro-energy energy You know, kind of get out of Americans' way, you know, protect property rights, especially against the Chinese slap tariffs on the people that are cheating. Right now, there's a great debate going on. Even today, Trump's economic policies of three and a half years ago are leading the world. Because Trump slapped steel and aluminum tariffs on Europe who were cheating by subsidizing their industries. And he slapped tariffs on. He said, you're not going to get into the American markets and undercut the American jobs and the American companies and the American aluminum steel. I'm going to slap tariffs on you. And they're going to be permanent unless I guess they go to permanent status unless they're negotiated. And the Americans and Europe can't get to a negotiation, even though Biden wants to suspend them. So they're actually saying things like we have to come Europe is saying we have to come up with so we have to give a little more than we want because Trump's tariffs were so strong against us. I mean it, it, it's winning but we, we our fundamentals will be back in order. Here's the thing I worry most about. A lot of Americans are getting disheartened. A, a lot of Americans are feeling Less good about the economy. They're feeling worse about it. It's one thing to struggle with inflation. It's another thing to struggle with, with hope, with, you know, fading hope that things can get better, that there is an, a coming upside, that there is hope for the future. And, you know, I hate that we think to ourselves, what we need is the next presidential election to give us hope. I hate that. I don't want our hope and our heroes to come only from presidential politics. I want them to come from entrepreneurs. I want them to come from shark tank. I want them to come from kids dreaming. There was an article in my hometown paper, St. Louis Post-Dispatch, about a young woman, 18 years old, who opened up an ice cream parlor, I think in Festus, in Jefferson County for sure, which is a county south of St. Louis. Uh, it's the next county south of St. Louis County. Uh, Jefferson County and a great county, great people, great people. Oh man, it's great people. And, uh, she started, she's 18. She started this business. She always wanted to open up a, they call it some sort of, um, uh, ice cream shop where you're, you're kind of, um, it's that like a uh, cold stone creamery type where you're slabbing it and then you, you, you flop it over and then you make it into ice cream cones. I don't know. But anyway, it's very successful. And she wanted to do this when she was 17. So her parents signed all the paperwork. And when she turns 18, she's taken over the business and she's working her heart out running an ice cream shop. That, that's America, and that's the optimism, right? So we, when you see the uh, narrative machine push negativity and division and lack of opportunity on us, it, it worries me because the fundamentals in America are still so great. And when I see the abuse of our, uh, our crown jewel in this country, the crown jewel of of the world, the crown jewel of America to the world. When they look at us is our constitution, our rule of law and an even handed system of justice that, you know, I I understand when someone says, Oh yeah, rich people get away with murder. I, I understand. That's always true. But in general, in America, our system is, is, is equal for everybody. Everybody's a part of it more and more, not perfect, but ask around the world when it comes to deals and business and things working, what you need to know is, our economy inflation the facts are hard the pliable statistics of the biden administration are fake and so we got to keep hope we got to come up with the the systems to do better we got to keep fighting through it because it's america all right we got to take a break right now we'll be right back it's ed martin here on the pro america report back in a moment welcome back welcome back ed martin here on the pro america report Uh, our next guest has been with us in the past um he is uh uh i guess maybe one other time i was looking back at my notes dr duke pesta is a tenured professor of english which is good i was an english major i just should confess that now at the university of wisconsin oshkosh he's also the executive director of the freedom project academy and he is a what i would say i can actually get away with is a prolific writer uh and is a great speaker and host of the dr duke show um and uh welcome back, uh, Dr. Pesta. How are you, sir?
2: Good to be with you again, Ed.
1: Uh, FPEUSA.org is the Freedom Project Academy um, uh, website. Uh, We were talking off the air, getting ready. Um, You know, the, the, the notion of sex education in our public schools and how, quote, comprehensive sex education, end quote, has sort of come to dominate uh, you know, I thought when Zoom made us look at our public schools because of COVID, we would get a, a critical eye and people would demand it. It feels like people went back to living and not checking in on it. How How prevalent, how big is this problem?
2: It's huge and not only is comprehensive sexuality everywhere you can't opt op- can't opt out of it anymore. Um they call it health and human development in most states. In other words, they don't even call it sex education anymore because parents don't like that. They call it health and human development and the argument is is that Transgenderism, radical LGT agenda, LGTBQ agenda, even radical sex and and graphic imagery in the classroom now is a matter of your kids health and wellness. It has nothing to do with sex. And so the ability for kids to opt out is waning because by definition, comprehensive sex and health and human development are part of every class in the curriculum. It's not just limited to two weeks in biology class as a sophomore anymore.
1: Um. We're, again, uh, our our guest is uh, Dr. Duke Pesta himself, a professor of English uh, at University of Wisconsin-Oshkosh, and then uh, an advocate talking about these issues, especially sex education. So, I just did an interview with somebody. We were talking about how, in elections, um, this unrelated, but in elections, suddenly in the last few years, we become aware it didn't exist as uh, much in the past, but it exists now of outside money that benignly. So called comes along and says, Hey, let us help you. We'll, we'll give you money. You hire these kinds of uh, workers. You hire money if you do these kinds of things. And they, they, they fairly dramatically steer your preferences. I mean, follow the money is a pretty good filter. If you want to understand how things are going, you know, Dr. Pesta, the, the follow the money thing works on this comprehensive sex education, right? I mean, we have outside groups that say, Oh, no, 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 we'll help you fund this, but they have a stake in the game.
2: Oh, yeah, there are there are literally dozens and dozens and dozens of LGTBQ activist groups getting huge money, money, not just from activists, but from the government to partner with schools <clears throat> to do the heavy lifting, right? If, if the curriculum at the local public school is rife with this kind of stuff, radical sex education, well, then you can do an open records request. You can find about, find out about it. However, when you partner with these outside organizations, there's no real record of it, so to speak, in the curriculum. One quick example is pa- Planned Parenthood. They get more than $600 million a year from the federal government. And a huge amount of that is when it's not being spent on Democrat politicians, it's being used to create Uh, sexual contact content for public elementary and middle schools and high schools one real quick anecdote we had a story out of uh, western canada where planned parenthood infiltrated a middle school and they handed out to kids a deck of playing cards with instead of having the usual excuse me the usual numbers on the cards they were each card was devoted to a different sexual kink Some so graphic, some so very graphic. They had had illustrations of these kinks too, so graphic that even Planned Parenthood uh, was was blasted for this. They had to pull them out because it was so bad. This was kids as young as twelve years old. It's uh, so.
1: But, okay, then back to my observation, and we're again, our, our guest is uh, Dr. Duke Pesta, and uh, he's a tenure professor over uh, University of Wisconsin, Oshkosh, and, and leads the Freedom Project Academy and does his own show, The Dr. Duke Show. But why didn't... You know, the late Phyllis Schlafly, for whom I worked, um, and, uh, she used to say one of the great problems was on, on, on schools issues, you would get an issue, common core, everybody's against it, but it doesn't sustain as a movement. And I thought COVID was going to sort of shatter some of the, the assumptions sufficiently that we would sustain as a movement. It feels like we're not. I, I hope you're going to tell me, no, no, we are, Ed. It's just, you know, not everybody yet, but it just feels like everybody said, Oh my gosh, what are they doing? And then life got busy and they said, well, I'm, they, they they do teach really good math and they move back in
2: well they don't teach good math and they don't teach teach reading to me look because you can hide the sexuality you can pretend it's not there in the ways i just explained uh but there's no doubting that our kids can't read and do math anymore and so while there are more parents awoke if i can bastardize that word there are there are more parents awoke now today than ever but it's not nearly enough and honestly ed the problem is not about money it's not about um um what it boils down to this and i've 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 talked about this in 48 states, talked to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of parents. The problem is time. Uh, the They view most parents, even the ones who know how bad the schools are, they don't want to have to be home with their kids. They don't want to have eight. That's eight hours of so-called free babysitting daycare. Uh, it's a time issue. And and we have an, a, a crummy in co- economy when both parents need to, to work to make ends meet. This was the the insidious aspect of the public school system. It wasn't the ideology, which we knew the founding fathers knew this. That's why they didn't make any mention of public schooling in the in the uh, founding documents, because they knew this. If you put a federal entity in charge of it, it would start teaching what it wanted, not what we wanted. So the, pro- the biggest problem about the public school system is it, it's it's seven, eight hours a day day where your kids are out of the house and so that in my opinion that's the major reason that most families who even the ones who even know how bad this is just don't think they can f- pick an alternative way
1: uh dr duke pest is our guest uh, you, you can find his show and a lot of other uh, uh quality stuff over at freedomproject.com it's a uh, freedom project media you'll see some of his videos as well as a show and and other things that are very worthwhile um the so, what's the, what's the, uh, future look like? I mean, if, if because pe- people aren't getting less busy and their, their families aren't getting more structured. I mean, you know, when I see, uh, people say, well, all we need, I, I like Larry Elder a lot. He's one of my favorite people, but he says we need to get back to the mom and dad, you know, uh, nuclear family. Yes. But for a lot, a lot of people, that's not, you know, we, we, we also have no fault divorce. So people are getting divorced, you know, like it's Thursday, I'll get divorced. And, so what's the future look like? I, I see when I look at your stuff, the flexibility online of education. Can you can you inv- is that going to um, include the 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 faith? You know, in other words, I'm busy. I'm going to send my kid to public school, but I'm going to go do other things with uh, through other resources. I, I don't know. I, what, what do you think the future is?
2: I think it's pretty bleak because first and foremost, Christianity is debased in this country. The pastors are not fighting the the priests, the pastors, pastors and ministers. Where are they? I mean, yeah. the, they keep whining about how their flock, their flocks are abandoning them. And yet they will not stand up to any of this. In fact, I've had te- pastors tell me, well, we can't ho- have a, a, a talk here with you, Dr. Pest at our per- church. We've got we've got three teachers in the audience. We don't want to offend them. So, number one, the, the, the religion is corrupted. Number two, because religion is corrupted. The family is corrupted, as you just pointed out. So you're right. It's not going to get better. And we see what the future is. Um You have. The under 35 and under generation is is incredibly radically materialist, atheist and progressive. Uh, the group of there was a recent poll between 18 and 25 year olds. That's the college age group. Right. right. A, new, a recent poll said that 75 percent of that demographic would immediately transform this country to a socialist state rather than a free market state. That's three out of four. And one more generation of this, you're going to have the 40 and, unders. and so unless something radically happens, the future is clear as day. We are going to become a socialist, if not something worse country. Uh, we are going to see what you're seeing in the culture now. Increased ignorance, people unable to get real jobs, kids unable to do math and science, the federal government importing people from other countries to do those jobs uh, while Americans are getting a sub literate education. That's we were it's already happening. So, you know, it's going to get worse.
1: Well. Okay, I I guess... Uh, I'll do this. This is how I'll do it because I'm out out of time. But if you go to freedomproject.com and you look at Dr. Duke, he's got a lot of ways that you can take control of what's happening to your family. You might not, it doesn't look like you're going to fix the the big, the big problems in the country yet. Although there's lots of ways that that's happening a little bit and maybe there's hope and the thing will change. But on his website, freedomproject.com, Dr. Duke Pesta, a lot of tools there. Hey, thank you for the time. We'll have you back again. Very, very helpful. And uh, thank you for your energy in this uh, battle and and what you're saying. I, I appreciate it.
2: Thank you that you only have to fit, fix your kids, not the countries. Look at it right. that way. Exactly. That's exactly what I was
1: going to say. Yep, that's right. Dr. Duke Pesta. Always great. He's really great. Really talented communicator. Uh, I will post links to his stuff up on uh, our social media and I got to take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is Tom McCluskey. Tom McCluskey is uh, currently, among other hats he wears, Director of Government Affairs over a Catholic Vote. Uh, he's a very experienced hand in, uh, I would say, conservative politics, pro-life uh, leadership roles he's had, and also uh, in understanding uh, Catholic voters and what's happening. And we were talking, uh, I got an email from one of his team about uh, President Joe Biden has launched a $25 million ad campaign um, that this early hour to say hey uh we're going to define the republicans and uh, and catholic vote among other organizations said huh hold on what's going on here and so welcome tom mccluskey how are you sir I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on today. No, it's great to have you. So um, you guys uh, right away. I, well, let me say this. H- how, do, how does how does <laughs> I don't know how to do that? How does Joe Biden get away with calling himself Catholic? I I guess it's just the world is just the, what it is, right? I mean, it, it, every one of his positions, it seems to me, gets more and you know, even the border. There was a time where the Catholic Church would say, well, you know, we, we're we think that, you know, a nation can be constrictive. We have to worry about the dignity of the human person. Well, oh, oh, OK. OK, I mean, I'm not sure that that works, except now the open border is just it's a recipe for the exploitation of mostly women, but also children. And and there's no defending the, the social justice component of the current open border. So how, how does Joe Biden get away with this, Tom?
3: Because unfortunately, not enough people call him out on it. He He's he's a Catholic when it's convenient to him, when he when he wants to appeal to the to a number of voters who if he actually knew his policies would be completely turned off. Um I, I mean, the issues on the border are—I uh, mean—they're ones with compassion and that need to be dealt with with compassion. And the administration just fails miserably at it. So they just turn around and say, like, "Oh, but but we're Catholic," and even Catholic organizations on the border—they're so av- overwhelmed. I, right. I mean, they're failing yeah. as well. Uh, they cannot handle the influx, um, and all they're doing is—is is, as you said, they're all they're doing is. Abetting trafficking of both women and children.
1: Uh, we're talking with Tom McCluskey over at Catholic vote, uh, and I'll put up a link to their website. They've got a lot of good information there, um, Tom, uh, even more galling, you know, from the standpoint of a, of, a, of a what I'd say as a garden variety Catholic is the. Um, the, this current president's position on abortion. And, and there's a lot of media coverage that, oh, you know, that now that Roe v. Wade is gone, this is a hard issue. It's a hard issue. I, you know, for, for Catholics, it's, it's not particularly hard in the sense that abortion is wrong. But this guy is, his policies, I, Tom, sometimes I have to say to myself, there's not really a President Biden. He he's just showing up in the office and and enjoying the the meals and the benefits because it, it it's so any any self respecting Catholic would stop some of this madness and and the extremeness of the positions of the the current leadership and the Democrats.
3: It's if if Joe Biden ever did hold firm positions, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, that's a he, point. He he sold them out I, when he started running for president back in 1988. The oh. um. I mean, so many years ago when I I worked at the March for Life uh, prior to coming to Catholic Vote, and we had old pictures of him in the early 80s fundraising for the Human Love, Life Amendment and for the March for Life. Right. But once he decided he wanted to uh, go higher in, in democratic politics, he decided very slowly, he decided that he was going to uh, not only give up on the life issue and, and throw the unborn over Except also throw over uh, traditional marriage as well. Yeah. Um, the
1: uh, so so when you Catholic voters' job, uh, one of their goals is to identify sort of what what Catholics how you should see these things. How in the world of um, the media uh, where you know you'll get a story, and I think I saw one in Politico recently about how you know Ohio voters are are more moderate on on abortion, and they'll never mention. The extreme positions that are taken by Biden and others. It, it, how do you how do you sort of and and then in Ohio they had a five to one advantage. You know the, the Planned Parenthood supported group spent twenty five million, I think something like that, and the more conservative aligned pro lifers spent five million. So you got five to one on money, and you've got the media so against you. It it almost feels impossible.
3: I, it is, and look, there's um, we're fooling ourselves if we don't think that after the Dobbs decision that uh, the pro-life community didn't take a little, a couple of hits in the public square, but the Dobbs decision was a huge victory. And, and to me, the more that the Democrats, the Democrats are putting all their eggs in this basket of, uh, of on the abortion issue, like, oh, this, this is the important issue. We, we, The more they keep talking about it, though, the more people are going to have to turn around and be like, okay, well, what's your position then? Um, And, and their position is... is I mean, it's horrendous that abortion up until birth, in some cases, like they fought very hard against a Montana born alive bill. So here you have a child already born and the Democrats are saying that they shouldn't get any medical care after they're born. Um, And, and this is a position that Joe Biden and the Democrats have fully embraced now. So um, I think uh, the more we discuss it, there's probably more hits coming except I think the more that we discuss it, People will start to realize that, um, okay, this is this is extremism. You're saying the Republicans are extreme. This is extremism. Um, And we'll see a pushback. I mean, it it was dark days in the 70s for the pro-life movement. It was mostly just Catholics. Uh, Republicans were not until Ronald Reagan and Phyllis Schlafly. The Republicans were not a pro-life party. Right. Um, So, uh, I I mean, there's going to be tough times ahead except i have full faith it's going to come around again we're protecting the unborn and, and we were talking with immigration about uh, how the policies on the border um help abet traffickers abortion is the biggest tool for traffickers for sex traffickers uh and human traffickers and men who would abuse women and the more those stories get out as well yeah. i think we- We'll see the shift back. Uh,
1: you know, uh, Tom, uh, Tom McCluskey's our guest. He's the director of government affairs for Catholic vote. He alluded in his answer. He's had a long, long, uh, career, uh, helping, uh, conservative groups and especially pro-life groups at the March for Life is one example. But, um, Tom, one of the things that's different today that than in the seventies for sure and, but even even five years ago, um, Obama started it. I think Trump's tried to fight it off, but it, it, it was only one term. It didn't really stop. And that is as the government's grown bigger, um, the, the scope of the funding, you know, Planned Parenthood gets seven hundred million dollars plus each year for their organization. And they say, well, we do education or we're doing something in school. Well, it's, it's money's fungible. It's used to pay for abortions. But there are lots of other organizations and nonprofits that are doing things that are that are um in the same space. And an example I always give is back in the day in Missouri, where I was, there was something called Missouri ProVote. And Missouri ProVote was an organization that's funded left wing groups. And they never, they said, touched abortion, except they took Catholic money. Catholic campaign for human development. And then that organization said, yeah, we never use your, your money for abortion. But the same organization was doing voter registration for only pro abortion candidates, right? So it's a, it's a kind of money game. And now that the, you know, COVID was a massive transfer of money, uh, the, the so called inflation reduction act, massive. And inv- the money I- I- advantage, um, of the, uh, of the pro abortions, I don't know if we can overstate that. huh? You know, I, give me your thoughts on it and, and what's the future of that? I, if we can't get legislators that are really serious about defunding some of this i just feel like you know you can you can run a great candidate or a great issue but if you're outspent five to one seven to one ten to one it's pretty tough
3: it's we are completely on, on the same page um and planned parenthood now nowadays in the abortion uh industry gets well over billion they get close to billions of dollars nowadays because uh the different, uh, as you were mentioned, the different COVID grants, a lot went to them uh, through Obamacare, through the diff- different healthcare um, things that avenues and streams that are out there. Uh, and that's when I talk to federal legislators, and everybody's discussing about, and they're they're very important bills, viability bills, be it fifteen weeks, six weeks, right. anything that shows the humanity of the child. Except what the federal government can do now um, it, by controlling Congress is stopping funding. Going to these places, and also changing the tax code. The tax code currently says abortion is healthcare, and that's right. one reason that there's a huge funding stream, um, and that needs to be changed. The next Republican president can do it, or Congress could do it through through legislation, taking abortion out as um, a deductible for healthcare.
1: That's exact. I mean, that to me, that we got to gotta make the big arguments. I'm with you, and you said exactly right. Hey, whatever the limits are, If somebody can go to 15 weeks, six weeks, I don't know, 10 weeks. I don't care. Get get save more babies, fine. But what you know you could do now is is you got control of the purse at the federal level and uh, at the, and and many state levels. And so, how do you you go about doing that with real seriousness of purpose? Uh, again, it's CatholicVote.org. I'm not sure I said that earlier. Uh, Tom McCluskey's been our guest, uh, director of government affairs for Catholic Vote at Catholic Vote on Twitter. Very helpful feed and website. Tom Tom, thanks for the time. We'll talk again soon, I'm sure.
3: All right. Thank you, Ed.
1: All right, Tom McCloskey, everybody. We will take a break, and we'll be right back. It's uh, Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment.
0: This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, and we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, a constitutional attorney, and our voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin.
1: Throughout our nation, American communities are waging war over the ridiculous notion that gender is a fluid construct that can change over time. The University of Cincinnati rescinded its reprimand of a teacher for flunking a student for using the term biological woman. Megan Rapinoe, the outspoken retiring player on the U.S. women's soccer team, indicated she would welcome male-bodied trans women into that sport even though our own women's team was easily defeated by an under 15 year old boys team. The media and many judges are firmly on the side of the transgender movement and they expect to win a Clinton appointed judge ordered a public school to let a boy who identifies as a girl to use the girl's bathroom overriding a policy adopted by the elected school board in the town of mcquanigo Wisconsin. It's impossible to separate the culture war from the legal war that rages in tandem. Law schools have fully embraced transgender follies, and unfortunately, many courts will do likewise. Two years ago, the Harvard Law School welcomed its first transgender women of color as teachers at the school. They joined two transgender men on the faculty, one of whom maintains a personal website that brags about working with a sex worker art collective that protested digital gentrification. The current state of America's top law schools is important because the Supreme Court hires all of its law clerks from a handful of elite law schools, and those clerks perform the influential task of screening and describing the cases before the Supreme Court either agrees to hear them or simply denies cert on a lower court decision. The Supreme Court denied a recent application by West Virginia to reinstate its sensible law keeping boys out of girls' sports. The court ducked this raging controversy just as the court dodged all appeals about election fraud. For decades, the Supreme Court accepted abortion cases only when the appeal was by the left. And it will be interesting to see if leftists appeal decisions against them on the transgender issue. This has
0: been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. It's no secret that globalists are bent on destroying Western culture. Whether the threat comes from inside or outside our borders, America must be protected from cultural Marxism and those who would deny American sovereignty. We're seeking your insight at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Hey, uh, let's finish up with a tribute, a tribute to the old ball coach, the old ball coach. Again, welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. It is uh awesome to be with you. It's awesome to see guys like this. There is a man, his name is Tommy Tuberville. Tommy Tuberville was a successful football coach. Auburn University football, huge success, winner. Um he he actually uh coached a number of places before that. Um he he got that was where he was most famous uh, I would say in terms of football success. Um he um he also was uh a well-known conservative and and so when it came time to uh, run for uh, office, he decided to run for U.S. Senator and he ran for U.S. Senate uh, from Alabama and he won and he won. Yeah, he had been a coach. At, let me get it right. University of Mississippi. He also was at Texas Tech and Cincinnati for a couple of years. But from ninety nine to two thousand and eight, he was at um uh auburn and uh won like i don't know five or six um uh coaches of the year um uh and he was uh 13 and 0 uh and i guess he didn't win the national championship but he very very successful and very well liked and well regarded and so he ran for senate he won and so he's in the senate he gets to the senate and he he's a football coach he he doesn't take orders from really anybody and so lo and behold he happens to be a conservative he happens to believe that abortion is wrong. He happens to think that it's not appropriate that the Biden administration uses their uh military for abortion policy. And so he puts a hold on military promotions because he says the Pentagon's abortion policy, which was after Roe v. Wade was reversed to be dramatically, uh how to say, uh, pro-abortion. And he said, I'm putting a hold on everything and the holds on the military promotions have been going on for 6 months and now the Biden administration is screaming and here's where they are uh, uh they are this is unfortunate they are allowing themselves the Biden administration is allowing the military encouraging the military probably forcing the military to act out of its role and to now attack senator tuberville for his constitutional duty you don't have to like it you may think he's too conservative. You may think he's better ideas on what to do. You may argue that the Senate should not allow this hold process where one senator can put a hold on promotions. That's all up to you, but you can do that through your elected officials. You shouldn't do it through your military. You should not do it for the military. And Tuberville keeps saying the Biden administration is, injected politics into the military and imposed the unlawful abortion policy on American taxpayers. And he said, I'm trying to get the politics out of the military. His point, the military should not pay for abortion. Just like abortion should not be paid for with tax dollars. Abortion is not illegal. Abortion is legal in America, but you shouldn't have to pay for it with your tax dollars. And that's Tuberville's point. Tuberville's point is you guys, meaning the Biden administration decided to do this. Not me. I'm just standing up for what the law is. But again, back to my point, leave it to Biden, Obama, Biden, Obama started this to politicize the military and to make the military absolutely positively a part of the political fight. Now, perhaps you might argue to me, Ed, they were always political. You just thought you were dreaming that they weren't. I don't know. You might be right. But right now, what we're living through is we're watching the politicization of our military and our leaders are now being forced by the Biden administration to come forward and to engage in partisan politics. Again, it's not illegal. It's not unconstitutional. It's just wrong. It's it's bad for the country. It's bad for the military. Once you're down this path, you are going to never get back off this path. That's the reality and this is in in the in pursuit of the radical the radical position on abortion that you've got to pay for it with tax dollars it's that important the biden administration is willing to take our military down a path that they shouldn't be down they they should not be going into this and the, and now they've been joined The Washington Post has a front page uh, story. Marines top general ruthlessly rides out Tuberville's military hold. Then they go through this incredible story of General Eric Smith, who is the acting Marine Corps commandant acting, not the official, not confirmed. Guess what he does? All the same things he'd do if he was in in the actual position just because he hasn't been confirmed yet. So it's not permanent but he's doing all the things he's leading the military it's not like the military is riding around with a you know a, a a riderless horse no one leading no it's leading right there and they try to the, the washington post tries to make this into a dramatic story about a marine corps decorated marine and tommy tuberville standing football coach then the cnn joins in and cnn amplifies a another washington post an op-ed that was posted when three of the secretaries of the military navy secretary army secretary air force secretary wrote a a a complaint saying, oh my gosh, you gotta confirm these things. And and we don't what Tumerville is doing wrong. It's terrible. And as says, as soon as you stop paying for abortions with tax dollars, vote on all of them. Vote on everything. Move them all. No problem. No issue. The 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 one thing that goes above anything else for the left is abortion. The one priority that trumps everything else is abortion. So you'd think, well, what does Chuck Schumer care? You know, he's got already got 700 billion, 700 million dollars a year in the budget for a Planned Parenthood, supposedly doing health care. That's another lie. And then he's got uh, he's got all these other judges being confirmed. He's got all these liberals everywhere and and he's got abortion being paid for by private donation and by this uh, by all these. Why doesn't he just say, you know what? It's a small number of abortions on the on the uh, on the military uh, campuses. We'll let this one go. No, they can't. It's, It's a religion It's a sacred ritual abortion so that's the fight well listen old ball coach tommy tuberville senator tuberville of alabama thank you for standing up thank you for standing up and frankly thank you for playing hardball playing hardball this is big league ball and lives are at stake so thank you for doing it we appreciate it and keep going fight 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 All right. Thank you, as always, to the great Noah Dingley, our producer, uh, Ryan Height and Mason Mohan in St. Louis, associate producing. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then.
0: This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego.